It's time for episode 50 of the Clockwise Podcast from your pals at IDG, recorded August 20th, 2014. Clockwise, four guests, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome to Clockwise, a podcast we've done 50 times. I am your host, Jason Snell, and across the country from me is my co-host and pal, Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. 50 times, Jason. It feels doesn't feel 1 over 49. That's the definition of insanity is that you keep <laughs> doing things over and over again, hoping for a different result. I, I actually pretty much expected it would be the exact same result. All right. Fair enough. Then you are saner than, than me. To my left is, boy, we got the big names today. We broke out the big names. It's the editor of Macworld, Dan Miller. Hi, Dan. Hi, guys. Good to have you here. Good to be back. And to my left is uh, another big name, the editor of TechHive and the pretender to the clockwise co-host throne, Philip Michaels. Hi, Phil. Hello. I am your co-host, Philip Michaels. Welcome to the show. (laughs) All right. This is how Clockwise works. We take less than 30 minutes to talk about four technology topics because we want to save you some time while still giving you some good tech podcasting. And I will go first with my topic. Uh, This week we've seen, uh, really for the last uh, week, week and a half, we've seen a lot of uh, really amazing reporting on Twitter coming out of Ferguson, Missouri, using the hashtag Ferguson. Uh, And what struck me about it... uh, Things that were not reported in the mainstream media or were not reported in the mainstream media until later after it became a big deal on Twitter. What struck me about it is this is something that Twitter is really good at, that Twitter being an unfiltered social network um, where sort of anything can happen and anything can trend and anybody posts and it's not mediated in any way. Facebook, I'm looking at you. Twitter is really great at breaking news and about uh, accumulating, if people can agree on a hashtag, a bunch of things that are happening in a particular event together. And so I wanted to ask you guys if you've got a particular thing that uh, maybe a particular favorite app or social network or something like that, that's really good at something and that's why you love it. Dan Miller, what do you think? Um, well, I, I share your uh, your scandalization about uh, what Facebook did with the Ferguson thing, where they really uh, stories about Ferguson were not surfacing on Facebook, and it was just very mysterious and and frankly, as I say, scandalous kind of thing. Um, that said, I will go with Facebook because despite all of the annoying and scandalizing things that it does, the fact is that the people who I want to communicate are there. Um, which for me primarily in that case are family and uh, people I just don't see on a regular basis and and don't talk to in other ways. And it's a great way for me to stay in touch with them. So, you know, it's a blindingly obvious point, but the great thing about social networks are the people there. And uh, so for me, Facebook is still my go-to place because that's, that's where all these people are. That's a good one. Dan Warren? You know, I was thinking about Orkut but I decided not to go with it. <laughs> it's it's um, it's great at not being around. <laughs> yeah, Friendster, MySpace, so many good options. No, I, I I pretty much the only social network I use with any regularity is Twitter. Um, and you know, for some of these reasons, and, and for some similar reasons to what Dan said, you know, in terms of that's where the people are that I want to talk to. Um, it just happens to be a, a lot of the people I keep in touch with online are Twitter users, and um, you know, I'm sure lots of them use Facebook too. But I I probably restrain myself on Facebook a little bit more you know, for family and, and really close friends. Um, and Twitter is just for like all the people I meet via work and colleagues and people who I'm really interested in following that I don't know at all. Um, and, and I think Twitter works great. And for me, it's always been because the medium there is is the message. And, and you know, everything is about what, what people write 
Um, there's not a lot of other extraneous games or poking people or what have you. It's it's fairly slimmed down. That's not to say they haven't had plenty of missteps. I, I think we may touch on that in a little bit. Um, but I, I feel that for whatever reason, that it gives me the most sort of, uh, you know, not exactly unvarnished, but there is, there's an element of direct access there that I really appreciate. Um, and the, the economy of it, you know, the 140 characters, I think really helps people, you know, distill their thoughts and not ramble as I'm doing right now. Phil, how about you? Uh, I, I wanted to actually uh, address something that, that Dan Miller uh, and, and I guess Ed Jason brought up about Facebook and, and people not really talking about Ferguson on there. Do you really want to find out what your, what your Uncle Fred thinks about what's going on in Ferguson? Because <laughs> I don't. That's one of the reasons, frankly, why I backed away from Facebook. I, I, I like Facebook. I, I originally liked Facebook for, hey, it's vacation photos and photos of babies and, and people telling me what they're doing. When, when it became more of an article sharing thing, that's when, when I began to lose interest in it, which is why I kind of like I'm, I'm going to join the chorus of people who like Twitter. I like the fact that I uh, can curate uh, uh, who shows up based on what I'm interested in. I like the fact that I, if, if someone is talking about something that I'm less interested in, I can, I can prune them away without uh, suffering the same consequences I might if I were to unfriend someone on Facebook. I can create lists uh, to, to, to follow certain people. I can use the mute button if they're talking about something I don't care about. Uh, I, 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 I like the fact that, that with Twitter, I'm in control of my timeline, and uh, at least for now. <laughs> and we may get back to that. All right, this is all great. The answer I was looking for is Instagram because it shows you lots of photos and that's nice. But you have no bonus points for you. So Wait a second, gross. this isn't a game show. What's going on here? Hi, I'm Jason Snell, the new host of the Pundit Showdown. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, is, that is so rude to take someone's hosting job away it is. on We've air. actually it, embedded an episode of the Pundit Showdown within five minutes on Clockwise. It's very, very strange. Dan Miller, what is your topic? My topic, uh, keyed off a story that we posted this week, or was it last week? I don't know. I was on vacation. Uh, Rob Griffiths posted a story on Macworld about his iPhone disaster. He was out on vacation. He was out in a boat. <laughs> and he, he had his iPhone in his hands because he wanted to take a photograph. And then <laughs> You'll never it. guess how this story ends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was surprised because uh, the same thing happened to me earlier this summer. I was in a river, not on a lake, and I had my iPhone in my pocket. Why? Don't ask. And I fell into the river. And and uh, my iPhone never came back. Rob actually got his iPhone to come back because he took it apart yeah, and blew the... compressed air on Woo! it, which I just thought was insane. But it worked. You've probably heard about the rice trick. He tried the rice trick. It didn't work. It didn't work for me either. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to ask you guys, what is the worst thing that's ever happened to your phone or iPad or other electronics device? And how did you respond? And did it survive? And just tell us some gory details. You know, I've never had anything really terrible happen. I've dropped a bunch of my iPhones and, and dented them a little bit and certainly scratched the glass, but I've never broken my own iPhone. I once broke someone else's iPhone. Um, the, weirdly enough, the worst thing that ever happened to any iPhone I had was the very first iPhone when I bought it. Um, it was DOA, like it didn't even boot. Um, I think I had one of the very first DOA iPhones, so I had to take that back and, and get it replaced, and Apple was very, very quick to replace it because it was 2007, and the iPhone was unproven at that point, so I don't think they wanted the, the bad press. Um, but other than that, I found my iPhone to be remarkably uh, remarkably 
hardy. I mean, I've dropped it onto driveways. I've had it fall off a uh, windowsill onto a tile floor. Um, yeah, I, I toss it. I think I toss them around with probably more abandon than I should these days. But it seems fairly indestructible, at least. Or I've just had really, really good luck. And of course, now saying that, I shall proceed to break my new iPhone <laughs> yep. this fall when I get it. Yep. Uh, I, I'd like to address something that that Dan Miller said about uh, Dan. Dan, you and I should really have our own podcast. We could be co-hosts together. Um, Addressing issues with Phil, yes. you Phil and Dan. No. Phil, uh, there um, there are services that are beginning to spring up. I've I've seen at least two of them where you don't have to take your phone apart. You just bring your phone to the box. You put it in the box for half hour, and it dries out the the components. and And the rice trick, uh, the problem with that is that it can leave uh, sediment uh inside the the phone and you never really know when the when the rice is done doing its drying trick so uh just thought i'd add that to the the -hmm. narrative there um my iphone story is a very boring one i was going to put it in my pocket and it 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 fell to the ground one day and and hit hit the screen uh hit screen first and and shattered into a million pieces the the screen did it looked like a jackson pollock painting um But I, I, I have a much more interesting story involving an iPod. In fact, the original iPod, um, which we got as a test unit when, when Apple announced them back in 2001. And just to take you back to that, um, that time, that was when uh, MP3 players were uh, notoriously fickle. If you jostled them, they would skip. And, and, and so we decided, hey, let's see how durable this thing actually is, since Apple is saying uh, you can take it out running or ride your bicycle and, and, and listen to it. So we just we beat the holy hell out of that iPad, uh, iPod. We, we, just, we just smacked it and, and crushed it and drove over it and did all sorts of things and, and proved that it was, it was pretty actually durable. If you if you um, if you uh, set out to damage it, obviously you could. And it only became awkward when Apple called us about a month later and said, "So, can we have that iPod back?" <laughs> and and that's why Apple doesn't return my calls anymore or give me things. Uh, I'm going to answer Dan's questions uh, very directly. What's the worst thing that ever happened to my iPad? I dropped it on my mother's hard tile floor. Uh, how did I respond with a yelp of surprise followed by a series of moans and there may have been some tears and did it survive? Well, it was functional in the way that you can use a shattered screen and get shards of glass in your fingertips. Mm, that's good fun. No, and, bad. and therefore I did the, uh, I did the out of warranty swap thing where you take it to an Apple store and you say, I've been a very bad person and I, and I broke my screen and you pay kind of half price of a new one and they give you a refurb of the same model. And then that is the one that I'm looking at right now. So, uh, lots of, Lots of moaning and uh, a series of bargains and like maybe it'll be okay. No, 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 no. And then a trip to the Apple store. It's as tale as old as time, really. Well, we're all going to be looking forward to those great sapphire screens that we're going to be getting. Yep. Sometime soon. Salt. Yep. So it's uh, we're at the midpoint. It's halftime. Dan Warren's topic is coming up. But first, I would like to tell you about our sponsor. I know 50 episodes in, we have a sponsor. Uh, I want to share with you a free and secure tool called Personal Capital that solves two barriers to growing your wealth. The first barrier is that it's hard to keep track of stocks. 
401ks, bank accounts, all of that. They're all on different sites. They have different usernames and passwords. And second, you got to pay somebody to manage that, and you're probably paying too much. Personal Capital brings all of your accounts and assets on one single screen on your computer, phone, or tablet with real-time and intuitive graphs. It shows you how much you're overpaying in fees, how to reduce those fees, and you get tailored advice on optimizing your investments. So why wait? Signing up takes just a minute. It'll pay big dividends. Personal Capital gives you total clarity and transparency to make better investment decisions right away. To set up your free account, go to personalcapital.com slash clockwise. Personal Capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L, if you're wondering. You don't get your own capital building. Slash clockwise. Personal capital is free. And the smart way to grow your money, go to personalcapital.com slash clockwise for your free account. Sponsor read over. Dan Moore, and what's your topic? So uh, one of the news stories I was making around this week is that Apple, when it releases, uh, presumably, the iPhone 6 later this fall, will include a USB cable where the flat USB end is reversible, which is to say... You can flip it upside down. There's no wrong way to plug in this USB cable. Um, That's the rumor. Uh, It it seems like a great idea. I mean, because we've all done that game where you stick the USB cable in. Like, why won't this guy flip it over there? And of course, you know, Apple famously, when they introduced the lightning connector, that was a big selling point was the idea. There's no wrong way to plug it in. So uh, I'm all in favor of that. And I was curious to find from you guys if there are other little tech pet peeves that you have um, that you would like to see fixed at some point. Phil, do you have a, a pet peeve? Hardware or software? I, I'm, you, I welcome you to introduce whatever, whatever category you would like. I, I, I was just thinking we've gone down a terrible path with, with mass emails uh, and bulk emailing lists. And um, if a feature uh, could be invented to better manage those or eliminate them entirely i i would i would embrace that person and build a statue to them i I don't know if we can count problems with society as tech pet peeves (laughs) well but tech but tech uh enables terrible behavior and and uh and tech should elevate us tech should make our lives simpler uh tech should not uh not uh uh, make me want to pull my hair out and yet it does there's a device for that actually the Hair Extractor 9000. Highly, oh, highly well. recommended. I, 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 I can I speak will. to its efficacy myself. Oh, oh. no, I wasn't going to go there. Yeah, I, see, I had to diffuse it. I go there first. Okay. Oh, this is a tough one, Dan. There's so many things that bug me, although a lot of the things have been fixed lately. Um, I, I, you know, Mentioning the USB reversible plug got me thinking about hardware stuff, and I, I, I was thinking about like the fact that we have so many non-standard connections, and I really wish... I know why this doesn't happen, but I really wish there was like a really good standard uh, device power plug for like laptops and, and, and things so that, you know, when that we have MagSafe and MagSafe 2, and if you've got a PC laptop, you've got a one of who knows number of connections. At least USB means that a lot of our devices are powered now by like a micro USB something, and I've got those cables lying around. I wish it was more standardized than it is, and I wish it was easier to use. Um, so I could say that. Honestly, my biggest pet peeve, and this harkens back to what I was saying about that the hashtag uh, Ferguson coverage, which is um, battery life in mobile devices, especially phones, needs to be better, uh, and especially Apple's phones. I kept seeing tweets from journalists saying, I'm out of jail, but my phone is about to die. And uh, one, I thought you should carry a battery pack or something with you. And two, I thought this is probably an iPhone and that's why it's dying. And, um, you know, there there are some ridiculously large, heavy phones that have giant batteries, 
but even uh, more svelte Android phones now have pretty good battery life. And I, I feel like that's my peeve about Apple is that they seem to be op- optimizing for a battery life that is not quite long enough. So that that's a, that's something I, I would like to see addressed in a future iPhone because the iPhone should have more battery. Um, I, I agree on the power cable thing. I think if you look behind my, my desk at home and you see all the little wall warts back there and all of different um, uh, voltage and, and other electronic specs uh, so you can't interchange them, it's, it's a horrible thing. Um, but my biggest pet peeve is passwords. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we have the technology to get rid of them, yet we can't. Um, but it's out there. I think people can continue to develop it. Uh, Touch ID is a great start, but it doesn't go far enough. So please, somebody, just get rid of them. And two-factor, too. I use two-factor a lot now. With, uh, with, I have really stupid passwords that I can remember, and then I have two-factor. And then, then you know, and then it has to text my phone, and I have to have the code or whatever, and that yeah. works pretty well. Yeah, and, and we have we have the tools like 1Password and other things like mm-hmm. that, but but just the whole notion of having the user and the password, username and password, it's just, come on. Yeah, please. I agree. You, should, stop. you just go to a website, type type in your username, just have it log you in. It's just, you know, honor yeah. system, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, every, every penny ante app and website now, now requires a username and password to, yeah. to log on, it seems. And, and uh, who can keep track of all that? Yeah, it's too much. Well, I was going to say my own personal pet peeve is uh, Bluetooth pairing. <laughs> I just, I mm. find it the most annoying thing ever. It's great if you set it up and it works once, but like, you know, I've got like a Bluetooth speaker and I have to constantly switch between like my iPhone and my iPad and, you know, depending on where I'm streaming, and it requires going to one and turning off Bluetooth on it so that, you know, remembers, no, I don't want to use that device. I don't know. I find it, it's such a weird system. I mean, it works fine when you get it set up, but the whole pairing thing is so, you know, arcane and annoying at times that I, I really wish they would just come up with better implementations of that wireless protocol. Because like Jason, I'm annoyed with all the cables and things that you have to plug in. Yeah. So one more wireless better, but make better wireless. All right, Phil, it's your turn. All right. Um, Twitter, which we all love, and yet uh, it does things that, uh, that, that, that bother us. Uh, uh, last week it announced it was going to make some, some changes to the way it handles, uh, to the way it handles uh, abusive users uh, in, in wake of Robin Williams' daughter uh, leaving the service after, after a bunch of creeps harassed her. Uh, it's doing some other things uh, that uh, are, are, are of a less uh, uh, dark nature, where it's uh, now inserting favorites from people that you don't follow into your timeline, and and doing some other things to kind of uh, monkey with your 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 feed. So, I guess my question for the panelists at hand is: If you could change one thing about Twitter, what would it be? Wow, um, there are so many. I, I want to say something about third-party uh, Twitter apps, but I think that's not going to happen. Uh, I think they're going to go away, and there's nothing that we can do about it. That they're just going to fade into into oblivion. So what I'm going to say is, I think Twitter needs to do a better job of um, letting us view uh, different aspects of the service. They have this lists feature that's actually pretty good, but it's totally hidden and. Um, and uh, it's a shame because it's a, it's actually a great way to uh, to look at groups of users and see what they're saying. I'd like to see it do more of that. Um, I'd like to see it basically let me have my timeline, but also float um, up some other interesting stuff in other ways that are not the same as my timeline because the timeline is kind of sacrosanct. I 
it, bottom line, I think what I have to say is, as a kind of a power user of Twitter and a, and a technologically savvy user of Twitter, I'd like to be able to get this Twitter. I'd like them to be able to monkey with the experience as much as they need to in order to be a mass medium and stay in business. But I would like to not have to see that. I'd like to just go about my business using Twitter the way I want. And as long as I can use Twitter the way I want, they can do whatever they want to do to make it appeal to the masses. Um, but just don't wreck it for me. Um, at the risk of uh, having every account I own hacked, I would um, actually advocate getting rid of the uh, – I would do better user authentication, which is to say get rid of anonymity. Um, I don't think anonymity is a cardinal virtue of social networks. I think it's something that uh, is more prone to abuse than than uh, a benefit. So uh, I saw I, a really interesting post the other day that suggested that they think that eventually everybody will be verified on Twitter. Yeah. If they can verify you, they will verify yeah. your identity. And so you will be able to create anonymous and fake accounts, but everybody's going to be looking for that blue check mark. Yeah. The best, the best social networks I've ever belonged to, and this goes back a long way, are those are actually the smallest ones and those that were not anonymous, where mm. people actually had to stand up and say, this is who I am, and this is what I think. And as Twitter has gotten huge, I mean, when Twitter first started, I think it was a little bit, I liked it better, frankly. Um, and uh, as it got to be more of a mass medium, I, I liked it less and less. Uh, and, and frankly, if I can throw in another one, uh, the reason I use it a little less than I used to is I think the signal noise ratio got a lot worse. Um, mm. I use, I tend to use Safari shared links because I can see every link that people post to mm. Twitter, uh, without seeing a lot of sometimes I hate to say some of the blather that goes along with it. So no, no, no. Those are the pithy comments. That's what you go to Twitter for. <laughs> I, You're I, missing I, the gold, Dan. You're missing the you gold. You say blather. I, 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 I like the idea of, of, of uh, true identities. That said, three of my favorite Twitter accounts are pseudonymous. Pseudonymous? Pseudonymous. Yes, easy to say. Oh, uh, yeah, pseudonymous. I know do, her. Yeah, Dr. Drang, Lessian, and Counter Notions, uh, Contra, are all uh, – they're, they're – completely anonymous and those are great accounts but then there are all the trolls that counterbalance that so fair enough uh have they yet fixed the problem where you can't direct message links to other people because no they made it worse they made it worse that's my top fix now all google shortened links uh also fail you can't send those in the dm either that's my top fix for twitter um i i think jason mentioned lists which i i also agree I one of those things I'd like to use, but I feel like it's not set up in a way that makes it as useful as I'd like, um, and that's kind of frustrating. And you know, heck, it, I'll, I'll go with third-party client access. Some of, they roll out a lot of new features to the web sometimes, and either they come to third-party clients much, much later, or they never come or at never. all. Uh, and you know, that's a bummer. And I think Twitter, you know, became so popular because of its support for third parties. And you know, so much of that network was built on the back of early third-party Twitter clients. And, you know, I understand the business reasons for Twitter wanting to move towards, you know, shepherd people towards its own apps and its own platform. But at the same time, it you know, it's got a certain amount of ungratefulness to it. And I think it's a shame that, you know, you won't be able to take advantage of a lot of these features and third party clients. So, yeah, Twitter loosen up a little bit, you know, it's uh, take it easy. The audience they're going for is never going to use a third party client. That's absolutely that's, that's my feeling. Let the, nerd, let the power yeah, users exactly. and the nerds use third party clients with all sorts of wacky features because everybody they're trying to reach is going to use the Twitter website or the Twitter apps. That's yeah, so why yeah. so why punish the, the you know, the five percent or whatever who are yeah. doing it that way, who are creating some great content probably for that 95 percent. Yeah. Then just, you know, make a deal where you can just steal features from them. I mean, you're basically yeah. doing it anyways. Yeah. Those are all very good suggestions. I agree with many of them. I'm going to um, uh, crib directly from the article we ran on TechHive. And um, and 
if you try and track down uh, Twitter's abuse policy, and, and it's rather hard to find, mm-hmm. um, it's very vaguely worded, um, especially uh, what uh, Twitter says it will do if you're found guilty of abusing people. There are a lot of weasel words in there that we may suspend your account and we may do this. I, I, I think Twitter needs to be a little bit more clear on what constitutes abusive behavior, and I think it needs to be especially clear with how it will uh, penalize you if you engage in it. Well, wait, wait to make our stuff all look petty. No, you're, you're dead on. As somebody who actually tried to report somebody for abuse at one point, I discovered that Twitter's policy, although it's changed slightly, is very much sort of like, well, people say stuff. You you think it's abuse. They think it's free speech. We're just going to let it go. And that's the advantage of Twitter being this dumb pipe that just shows you what everybody says. The disadvantage is um, if they are going to have terms of service, perhaps there should be some better ways of reporting people who are who are really violating it. Yeah, they, there, they, there are some really egregious violations of that that, you know, I see people retweet things or like show links to things that are really, you know, clearly harassment. And, you know, there was one going around last week where people was like, oh, you can't get in trouble for threatening to kill someone on the internet. It's like, yeah, yeah, you kind of can. All right, that is our uh, last topic. And so now it is time for the bonus, as we have done in almost every one of our 50 episodes. Uh, Here's my bonus question for all of you. Summer is almost over. What were you hoping to do? This is I'm bringing us down again that you didn't get to unresolved summer dreams. What are you just not going to get to by Labor Day? Dan Miller, what is it? Um, I've actually had a very good summer. I went on a couple of epic road trips. I went fishing and fell on the river with my phone. But uh, the one thing I didn't get to do, which I usually do, is go hiking um, up in the mountains. And I don't think I'm going to be able to get up there this summer. There's some hope for the end of September, but not looking good. All right, yeah, Dan. I, uh, you know, I, I did get a nice vacation with my family, but uh, oftentimes uh, some friends and I go up and, and take a vacation up in Vermont and sit around and play a lot of board games. And I was was supposed to do that for a weekend and it didn't, timing didn't work out. And I, I was kind of bummed about that, but maybe I'll have another chance this fall. Bill, any uh, summer uh, summer things that you wish you had done that you didn't? Well, I got to uh, uh, go on a, a vacation, which was nice. It was up to, to Crater Lake. I, I, I guess I would have liked to have done more hiking there, but when you're, you're taking around a three-year-old her little legs are weak and spindly and so uh so you have to you there you you have to sort of go at her pace uh but it still she she hiked up a a a mile up a up a hill so that was great that's pretty good yeah and for me this is the time of year the reason i i'm so negative in asking this question is this is the time of year uh in in mid to late august when it seems the fog in san francisco and in southern marin county where i live is so thick that and school is about to start that you start to get that tingling on the back of your neck that's like god the summer is now over and it's been all foggy and cold and i'm unhappy because we missed this whole summer and it's been wasted and i have to remind myself having lived in the same house for like 15 years now that just around the corner in late August and all of September and usually most of October is actually the best weather. That's when the summer really comes to San Francisco. And if I can just wait it out through, I I had to use my windshield wipers on the way into work this morning because the fog was so thick. But if you wait it out, the true summer will probably come and I just need to be patient. But that's always the thing is I haven't spent enough time outside in the backyard walking around this summer, but I think it's just because I, I have to be patient. I'm at a low point now. And San Francisco will, will, will give just as it took away. And I'll have a wonderful fall to, to counterbalance my uh, foggy, foggy late summer. 
And that's it. That's all of our topics. Clockwise episode number 50. Dan, can you believe it? It's in the books. I quit. No, I'm still sorry. No, Phil. All right, Phil Michael. You can't have it yet. To pry it from my cold, dead hands. You know, Jason, I remember when we started Clockwise. <laughs> good times. Yeah. Those are good times. Well, That was, uh, that was counterclockwise, Phil. Yeah. Dan Miller, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure. Phil Michaels, I guess it was okay that you were here, too. Yeah. Uh, I, you're all right at this gig. <laughs> well, for my co-hosts, Dan Morin and Philip Michaels, <laughs> and for, for my guest, Dan Miller... Uh, I'm Jason Snell. Thanks for listening to Clockwise. We will see you next week, but until then, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Goodbye.